You're listening to the Arden University podcast with Alicia and Kate, your hosts. Join us as we talk with students, academics and other guests about topical issues and subject matters connected to your studies. the Arden University podcast with Alicia and Kate, your hosts. Join us as we talk with students, academics and other guests about topical issues and subject matters connected to your studies. Okay, hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Arden University podcast. I am Kate, I am joined by the wonderful Alicia as always. Hello. And we have a very special guest with us this week. Um, Phil. Phil is one of our academics here at the university and for those of you who are listening to the podcast you won't see the fact that Phil is here in fabulous full drag. Um, So Phil do you want to introduce yourself to the people out there who are listening or watching the podcast? Yeah of course. Um, So I'm Phil, I use they them pronouns. Um, and I am a senior lecturer here in health and care management, but also my alter ego is filling me up, um, and I'm a drag mess and activist. Wow. Honestly, the look is everything. <laughs> I can't cope. Yeah. So just, just so we know kind of how we're, we're going to address you at the moment while you are obviously in your drag persona, would you prefer Phil or Philly while we're talking to you? I, I don't mind Generally. either or, that's fine. So I'm here in both capacities. Excellent. Do you want to tell us a little bit about kind of your research area and what you you do when you're not being filling me up? Yeah, of course. So yeah, so my area of research is looking at LGBTQ plus and dementia care, particularly looking at um, gender neutral care spaces, looking at how identity changes for people when they enter different social contexts. So for example, an older person at Pride would be a very different person to an older person maybe in a very heterosexual care home. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I'm looking at and how we can try and minimise that change of identity and try and allow somebody to stay in their authentic self. So we're coming up to Pride Month um, the next month, is it? Is it in June? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So is there anything big coming up soon with Pride Month which you might be involved in? So yeah, um, we've, we've got some exciting stuff here at Arden. Um, I do a little bit, I do talks and consultancy work and help um, organisations. I generally go into care homes and speak to them and promote the gay agenda, let's say, in a care home and just um, just going in, having a chat with them and just seeing how I can support that. So I'll hopefully be speaking to a few care homes, which will be quite exciting. Um, I'm also talking with a colleague of mine who is actually personally living with dementia and who is um, from the LGBTQ community. And we're both going to be, hopefully, touring the UK in drag, giving talks and doing poetry oh, and having fun. Amazing. So that's going to be really fun. It's in the really early stages, um, So, but fingers crossed. Um, and then here at Arden, I'm running a LGBTQ plus conference um, where we've got loads of exciting speakers coming to talk, um, and that should be really exciting as well. That is so cool. Wow, there's so much happening. I didn't yeah, realise. Yeah. three tickets to that show. Yes. <laughs> Thank you very much. So I think it's really important for us to talk about, we talk about Pride a lot and we will see Pride in a lot of social media from different brands, different people, but it's really important, I personally think, that we talk about why we have Pride and why we have a Pride Month and 
and what that means to you and and to the community i mean do you for you kind of going into this you know how do you feel going into pride month what kind of things are you looking forward to or are you a bit nervous of um i think i'm I'm not massively too nervous about anything but i think it's definitely needed as much as ever and i think you hear quite often people say why do we still need pride but I know here in Birmingham, recently, we've had such a spate of hate crimes. Um, and that's in our gay village, our safe space, and people are literally getting bottled, etc., on a regular basis. So it's, it's really quite scary. And I've still been reading some really hateful comments of, um, I believe it's Jake, the um, footballer who's just come out. And there's still hateful comments on social media. So really, um, Pride Month is needed as much as ever. Um, and then you've obviously got a lot of the hate towards the trans community, a lot of issues with certain people on social media, let's say. Um, and then you've also got even the um, Independent Equalities Commission are actually putting out transphobic material that goes against the Equality Act. So even people who should be there fighting for us are still against us. And I think. I say us because I, I identify as trans because I identify as non-binary, hence the colours that I'm wearing. And if, if anybody is listening, I'm wearing, or just listening, I'm wearing the non-binary colours, which is um, black, purple, white and yellow. Um, and because I don't identify as the sex assigned at birth, I do um, identify as trans. But, and yeah, it's our community, I think. We're, we're definitely having a difficult time at the moment. So I think with all of these things, I think Pride is definitely needed more than ever, really. Yeah. And, and just to take this moment to make it very, very clear that here at Arden, we absolutely are behind that. And, and on 100%. personal levels as well for, for me and Alicia, that Definitely. You know, trans rights are human rights. This is non-negotiable. Uh, gender criticism is not welcome here. So let's not bring it into the conversation. <laughs> um, now, how can we get involved? So as allies and as you know, people who maybe aren't part of the community, or there's people out there watching or listening, want to get involved what would you recommend i know that you know for me i, I love pride i like to go out and give free hugs and things like that it's like my favorite thing to do that's sweet um it's amazing <laughs> if you haven't done that i would 10 out of 10 recommend doing that it's super fun is that one with um, the big t-shirt saying free hugs yeah, here yeah yeah i had a sign one year it was great <laughs> um you know there's all sorts of things like that there are smaller things kind of donations to charities that kind of thing are, are the things that you would recommend people do that you know, maybe are not obvious and not going to things like just the parade or, you know, are the resources that you'd encourage people to access? Yeah, I, um, you can look online. So Stonewall's website has what good ally looks like. And it's always things like even if somebody isn't there and somebody gets misgendered to still challenge that, to um, promote pronoun use if you have emails, um, work emails or even your student emails, you could put your pronouns in your email. Um, things like that and it's just about creating discussions challenging anything you hear like for example if somebody said oh something's gay meaning a negative term challenge that because actually that's got that connotation that there's something wrong with being gay when there isn't um, so I think a lot of it is about trying not to be performative because that's something we quite often see is somebody will wear a rainbow flag for their Instagram and then go and misgender somebody or st- um, use oh that's gay as a saying and it's like actually challenge that actually put the hard work educate yourself 
know how to do better and I think mm. that's really what it is I'm, I'm not expecting you to be stood at the front put yourself in front of somebody if somebody's um, attacking somebody but at the same time just challenge things when you do see them mm. say um a theoretical scenario then if you've got a friend and they're using the wrong pronouns for someone what would be a really polite way um of just like correcting them and making sure that they sort of like understand would you just say hey my pronouns are this that the other um and then just um that would be it or is there something you do which you'd be like this would be a really good way to maybe like show them that there's more to it than just about the pronouns it's about the way it like affects an individual or anything like that yeah, I I think it's a tricky one. It's me personally because I use they them pronouns, so um, obviously it's um, something that is different to a lot of people's thinking. So a lot of people are very binary focused. So um, I I generally explain why I'm I'm very open to discussion, um, and I do explain that I use they them, and I explain why, and I think that gives a little bit of context mm-hmm. to it. Um, but I do really subscribe to the point that it's not up to the oppressor to be the educator. So actually sometimes if you are just upset and you just say you're upset and that's it, I think that's absolutely fine. I don't think people always have the ability to engage in those discussions because it can be quite hurtful, quite upsetting. Um, But I think, and if you're an ally, just fighting for that, explain the importance and the fact that actually pronouns are incredibly personal and very important mm. to people and that actually does need to be respected. Yeah. So I think it's just adding that context and explaining it. I haven't really got any specific examples, but I yeah. think if you explain the importance and the impact it has on people, people generally tend to be a bit more accepting of it. Yeah, I, I get that. I know I identify as she, her. I'd feel a little bit upset if someone called me Mr. Mm. I can, so it's exactly the same as yeah. if someone were to do that with someone else. So they, them is what mm. is comfortable, is correct. It's it's names as well yeah. we all have certain ways of being called like everything out here I, I'll do and I've got Phil and then when somebody emails me with Philip I, I kind of feel a little bit taken back I have yeah. a bit of a mm. pearl clutching moment I'm just a bit yeah. like nobody <laughs> only my mum calls me Philip and it kind of just and I'm like where has that even come from because nothing even my official even if you hover over my name on Outlook it comes up as Phil it does not come up as Philip anywhere really yeah. so mm. it kind of throws me so I, I think it's just general respect isn't it about yeah referring to somebody with Absolutely. what they like to be known as it's something it drives me crackers so my i'm not a katie or a Catherine. i'm a kate yeah mm. and that is that is my given name that's my kind of legal name and it's driven me insane since i was little my parents one of my parents favorite stories is that i was kind of four and starting nursery and they went oh is it is it katie with an ie or katie with a y and kind of four year old me turned around and went it's kate <laughs> and at four, I understood the importance of that. Yeah. Mm. Because it's so important to us to have that. You know, that is our name. That is yeah. what we choose to be called. And even now, it drives. And I hear myself doing it as as an adult. I go, actually, it's Kate K A T E. And that four year old in me is like, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, she's done it again. And, and it, if we can understand the importance of that at four, mm. yeah. You know, think any toddler. You call them by the wrong name. They go berserk. Yeah. If your four-year-old can do it, Adult you know, can. this is not this is not a difficult thing to yeah. do. Absolutely. 100%. And then that's not even taking into account then the added complexities of gender dysphoria and stuff exactly. on top of that. That's just mm. your your name, which is so deeply personal and so important. If you add then other aspects of gender dysphoria on top, then it's just so, so important. Mm. 
I wanted to, to ask kind of, because we've got into some very deep things and that is, is really important, but I wanted to ask you a, a fun question. Mm. So, do you have like a best memory of Pride since kind of you've decided to kind of come mm. out in drag? Because obviously this is, you know, something that is a drag persona develops and, yeah. and as you mm. kind of develop your identity, have you got like a one moment where you felt like, yes, this is it, this is what I'm kind of doing and really felt the pride that we, we talk about. Yeah, I, I think it was probably when I started, um, I've kind of got two, because I've got, I've got a fairly large online drag family and I do a lot of um, online international stuff. And I run my own little drag show type of thing where it's like a competition, but nobody's judged because I hate the idea of judging people's art. So everybody just takes turn. And I think at doing a look and then we all just discuss it and we have fun. Um, and I think when I ran that and people just said thank you so much and then people so complimentary of my drag alongside that and it made me feel really validated that actually I can do drag my own way because we have a lot of gatekeeping in drag um, a certain TV show causes that a little bit I do still watch it but at the same time I'm normally shouting at the TV not very happy with it um, so yeah, it, it's one of those things. So I think being validated is really important. But I think in person, I hosted my first show, I believe it's about a year ago or two years ago in Worcester. Um, and I was the host of, it's called Saucy and they do a lot of fantastic stuff in Worcester, really community stuff. And I hosted that and it was the first time I had been actually in public in drag. Um, and everybody was so welcoming and so accepting and it was such a good feeling to feel validated in that sense so that was a really lovely feeling and being able to be myself express myself um in the way that i like to express myself which i think was really important that, that see that's yeah. ace and i for mm. me and I, I don't know about anyone else this may, may sound a bit weird and to have the confidence to be utterly yourself is so hard to do and i don't know that i do it I don't think I do all the time and it's so to to be sat with someone like you that has gone no this is but can I just I add there that we even I might look like I've got the confidence to be myself but I still have issues I still have internalized homophobia transphobia etc and I, it, there's another drag queen called Panty Bliss who does a, an amazing speech and it's called The Address at the Noble Theatre please do look it up on YouTube but, and they basically say in a world that is so stiflingly heteronormative and basically homophobic, transphobic, even us queer people are homophobic and transphobic, etc. And we can't not be. So actually, I still have my internalised issues. So I'm really comfortable to be myself to a certain degree, but there will be days where I still won't feel comfortable with myself and my gender identity, and I still have gender dysphoria, etc. So, like... I think it's just really important for people to know that if you are, even if you are being as much of your authentic self as possible and you still have those feelings, that is absolutely fine. Uh, absolutely. Mm. So. Absolutely. And I just think the respect that I have for you to, because the, the internalised thing is something mm. that I think a lot of people have for different reasons. Um, for those of you who are listening, I am plus size, so internalised fat fiber is something that yeah. I have a huge issue with and the fact that to see someone working through those internalized things for me 
is like, okay, maybe I could actually yeah. do this as well. Mm. So I think I always just, it's a very kind of obvious way of working through that yeah. internalization. And I always have a huge amount of respect for anyone that can do that. Mm. Yeah. When I know it's something that I massively struggle with it in other ways. Mm. Yeah. It's, um, uh, so it's, yeah. And, yeah, it's you know, brave to be yourself sometimes. Mm. Just and be very true. And this is who I am. Take me or leave me. It's that kind yeah. of approach, which is hard to do because no one likes being judged, looked at, all those kind of things. But sometimes it's the only way you can be yourself and feel really comfortable in those moments when you're just, here I am. That's all yeah. you're going to, yeah. 100%. It, it, it can be really difficult. Mm-hmm. But I think once you do start hand challenging and you hit it head on, it's so freeing. Mm-hmm. Such a lovely feeling just to be walking down um, Broad Street in full drag, just not caring what people think. Um, I'll be honest, a few gins. Jeff definitely does help <laughs> as well. Um, I probably shouldn't be promoting that. But the free feeling you have is just incredible of just basically thinking, I don't care what people think. This is who I am. It is such an amazing feeling just to feel free of all of those structures that kind of keep you down. You're describing it. I am a little bit jealous right now. I <laughs> kind of want to put on drag and join you. That would be amazing. You do. I said anybody can do drag. This whole idea that it's only pe- only gay men or certain people can do... Everybody can do drag. Drag is incredibly diverse. We are drag kings. We have people who are female or signed female at birth who do drag and are drag queens. And it's all... It's for everybody. And I think that's what people need to remember because for me drag is a performance it's a performance of gender so I'm non-binary slash a little bit agender so I don't kind of believe in traditional gender so I will put this on I will do a lot of contrasting ideas I'm still quite hairy I keep my beard I'm quite gender non-conforming with my drag I generally don't see myself as um, cross-dressing as a woman I am dressing as certain aspects of gender and I th- and that for me, because of that belief, everybody can do drag. Everybody can perform gender in a totally different way so that mm. they normally do, even if it is the gender that you identify with. Can we just talk practicalities for a minute? Yeah. yeah. Because I spent like 25 minutes this morning arguing with like a mascara wand. <laughs> How long did this look take for you to put together? Because it is incredible. And, and I want to know what settings spray you use because I'm swaying through my foundation and you look mm. immaculate. I, I wouldn't go that far. Um, I we definitely had we're filming earlier. Um, we definitely had a few moments where my it did feel like my face was falling off. I will be very honest, and I had people running around me with tissues, dabbing me, um, which was definitely an experience. Um, Movie star moment. It yeah. I, I I've touched it up. I had massive dark circles. It really looked like I had um, been in a fight. Um, so. But yeah, this took me about two and a half hours to do. It does take me a little while. Um, I'm getting faster and faster the more I do it. Um, but yeah, um, it, it takes me a couple hours. And on, on the setting spray, Revolution, the sport one, this is not an ad, I'm not indoors. <laughs> but if Revolution do listen, you could always sponsor me. That's I'll absolutely fine. I'll very happily be sponsored. Um, that's really good price and it actually works. It works with sweat. So it's a fantastic um, set and spray. But yeah, um, yeah, it takes me a few hours um, and it's generally quite a few layers that um, goes into it. Can I ask, is there any meaning behind the bees in their hair? Or yeah, just... so, um, so I'm non-binary and we call ourselves NB. 
So a lot of people, non-binary people, have kind of adopted the B as a symbol because it's kind That's of in cool. our name. Um, so I just thought I'd play with it and the colour goes with the colour scheme. So I thought I'd just put some little cute felt bees on it just for a bit of fun. Oh, I love that. That's so, so cool. Yeah. And I learned something new as well at the same time. <laughs> That's our aim, isn't it, Alyssa? In every podcast, we try and learn something new. Yeah. yeah. Or become better people. Yes, um, absolutely. I think we're hitting that target today. What has the reaction been? So for, for people who are listening, who aren't necessarily watching, we are currently in lot 14, which is one of our study centres here in Birmingham. Um, what clear. has the reaction been to you kind of being in this? Have you seen any of your students today? Have they? Um, none that I I recognise. None that I actually teach. But a lot of students have been. There's definitely been a bit of a buzz about. Like people have come out. People have wanted pictures. Have been taking pictures. There does seem to be quite a lot of excitement. So I think it, it's something that you don't really see every day, is it? Really, like a drag queen just walking across a university campus or like study centre. Please so. wear this to graduation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might do a special graduation outfit. Yeah, I'm going to purchase the cap, but we'll work it out. It'll be absolutely fine. I would, I will actually pay for you to do that. <laughs> so we, we've talked about kind of prize and kind of the community getting involved. I always think there is a question from someone saying, you know, do I have to be part of the LGBTQ plus community to be part of this? And I mean, my feeling having been involved with things is no, and that it's important for us to be involved as, as allies, because like you said earlier, the oppressor shouldn't be the educator. We have a responsibility to be involved in, and educate ourselves. And I just, wonder what you would say to someone who is maybe an ally but feeling a little bit nervous of you know not wanting to step on toes but wants to help out have you got kind of something that you as part of the community would say to them and um, i know that i would say to them do it it will be the best thing and you will meet the best people and there is no more kind of love and affection and genuine joy than being part of the activities around the LGBTQ plus community because it's a community that is about support and obviously yeah. there, there are you know areas of it where it's maybe slightly different but I would say do it. Yeah. I don't know what your message would be. No, exactly the same. We absolutely love our allies and we really, really appreciate our allies. So yeah, please do it. Um, we, we definitely throw the best parties, 100%. <laughs> but on the serious side, don't just use us for the parties though mm -hmm. do also help us support us fight our fight when needed but if you're doing that then 100 come along to our parties as well if you're willing to take the hard times with us definitely do enjoy the fun times with us too so i i'm 100 if you do it do it and we will be supportive we really really do appreciate our allies and we will we will open you with open arms definitely everywhere i've been allies have been supported the only thing i will say is don't be too vocal with a drag queen because they do get a bit feisty with straight <laughs> people um or they might get very flirty with you as well but mm. one or the other but please do it come <laughs> along come along um have fun with us but also fight our fight I mean, one of the best insults I ever received, I was called fat player drag queen dresses as Ursula, and I was like, my life has been made. <laughs> <laughs> I've peaked that I've annoyed this person this much. Yeah. Um, I, I remember going out, um, like, there's a really well known drag queen called Danny Beard. Yes. Um, and um, 
but they, whenever somebody who's straight goes near the stage and starts overstepping the mark, they have a certain song that they sing, which it's got a swear word in. I don't think I can sing it now, <laughs> but it is the most hilarious song and they get the whole bar to sing to them and they generally fade away. So yeah, don't upset a sassy drag queen. That's the, my biggest advice is as a straight person, don't upset a sassy drag queen. Nice. Maybe we could get the uh, team to put that song on fade out at the end of this podcast yeah, after an editing. <laughs> If it can be. We're all adults here in the end of the day. Yeah. I think it'll probably be fine. <laughs> so how did you kind of get into drag or decide that you wanted... Was there kind of a moment where you were, were you sitting in a show and thought, I could do that? Or was it something you've been interested in for a long time? Um, or how did that... I've always dressed up. I've always liked to play with gender. Um, I was always known as being... Like, wherever I've worked, I've always liked to dress up and be that when I used to work in retail I would always be the person who'd dress up at like Christmas Easter and everything um and it was always so much fun and I love the fact that you become a new person um but actually getting properly into drag um it was during lockdown the first lockdown I was bored and I thought well what am I going to do I just bought some cheap makeup off eBay as many people do and just played and then the more I enjoyed it the more I done it and then I got like an online drag family and then I've now started to bring it into my work that I actually do talks in drag. I'm writing poetry around my research and performing that in drag. And I'm liking the fact that I can bring both sides of me, both sides of this kind of together. But it really started just as a boredom thing, just doing makeup and then just really enjoyed it. And, I, and it fits very much with me being not binary my views on gender and the idea of performativity of gender. It just very philosophy, or as philosophy fits with me as well. Brilliant. I, I didn't do anything half as you know, creative or productive <laughs> in lockdown. I cried a lot, does that? I ate a lot of food, yeah. yeah. Oh no, i definitely done that one okay. as well. <laughs> yeah, the, the eating a lot of food I would definitely go along with as well. While doing yeah. the makeup, eating the food while doing that. Yeah. Like, I can multitask, you see. Do <laughs> <laughs> better than I am because it's, yeah. really, it's really the room, nothing else matters. <laughs> we went out for lunch before we recorded this and thought we might have to have a nap afterwards. Yeah, very full. <laughs> <laughs> That's the point that we were at. Mm. Um, so, if there's, we've talked about the message that you give to an ally. Mm. What message would you give to someone who's maybe listening to this and thinks, oh, I might be non-binary or queer or bi or get whatever kind of label they feel fits them mm. um, and is looking to kind of make contact with other people in the community or to kind of doesn't really know where to start obviously mm. everyone comes out at their own pace and everyone's yeah. coming out story is their own story but if there is someone who is looking for that community and doesn't know where to start mm. have you got maybe a recommendation for that or, or is there a way that you kind of got in touch with the community mm. that you felt was was kind of good for you I don't, I don't know kind of what your journey was with that yeah um i don't think i don't really remember i'm i wouldn't say i was stupid but i'm not young either um but there wasn't really much when i came out i can remember actually being there to get the support but now there there, there were helplines and stuff but just didn't really access that but there are helplines now so you've got switchboard which are a fantastic charity you can always call them 
but pretty much every city has an LGBTQ plus organisation, charity, etc. Here in Birmingham, you've got Birmingham LGBT. Um, I know where I used to live in Worcester, you've got Out Together. There's there's loads of different um, organisations and they are generally fantastic. And they're very confidential, they're very discreet if you aren't out and you're just wanting to speak to someone before you feel comfortable. So I would just say reach out. They are really fantastic. They have normally really good support networks. Um, and that's what I'd really advise. But as I said, there are helplines like Switchboard, Stonewall also have um, loads of support uh, like services that they can also provide. Um, if you think about, if you're a younger person and you think you might be trans, you've got the Mermaids charity. Um, and then there's just loads of other organisations. Just have a little look at it, do um, Google, but also one thing I would suggest is you can use a proxy site, so you can use that, so you can, um, it doesn't save your search history, because obviously you, need yeah. some, you might need to be careful. Um, so you, you could just Google that, be using that, um, and then just find an organisation and reach out, because they are normally really, really supportive. Yeah, and local libraries are your friends if you yeah. need places to safe places to Google things. I think definitely, that's absolutely. Incognito mode is also yes. useful, yeah. definitely for that yeah. kind of stuff. Definitely. Not um, that I do it in the office at all for looking at anything <laughs> ever. That sounds really dodgy. <laughs> <laughs> You'd like to clarify that I'm, she means Facebook. Yeah, Facebook, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm going to say I'm definitely <laughs> ducking out with that conversation there. Yeah, I'm not getting involved oh, in that. Oh dear. <laughs> I walked right into that one. <laughs> <laughs> really did I really, really did. I wanted to ask, do you have any recollection of maybe your first experience of ever seeing drag? Yes, I remember seeing it on TV and I'll, I'll be really honest, it horrified me. I was petrified about it. I just did not... Now, I grew up in um, as a Catholic and I went through Catholic school and... Um, I kind of went through a bit of a tricky period where the school used to actually stay stuff like you had to pray, you go away, you're just a sinner, you've got to stay single. So I kind of went through a little bit of like light touch conversion therapy really because I was told that I was a sinner and I'd have to pray and I'd have to change my life to be moral basically. Makes me so angry. And it, it, it's, it frustrates me now and it's stuff that I'm really unpacking now and with the conversion therapy stuff that's happening at the moment, particularly not banning it for trans people, it's just really at the forefront of my mind that actually how damaging that is because I kind of had that a little bit myself. Um, but so then I had all these internalised things and then when I saw it, I just did not understand it. And then I came back to seeing it again um, as an, more as an adult, I was probably about 13, 14 then. And as an adult, I absolutely loved it. Mm. It, it was such the polar opposite reaction. I had already started unpacking a lot of my internalised prejudice and absolutely loved the freedom. I remember seeing RuPaul's Drag Race season one, and it, I don't think it was when it was exactly aired, but it wasn't that long after, um, really. And one of the drag queens called Nina Flowers really does so much androgyny within their drag. And it was the first time that I saw drag as just not being cross-dressing. Mm. It's like this is different because Nina Flowers was not cross-dressing. It was a performance. It was androgynous, and it was just so interesting. And that's really what really sparked my interest in drag is the fact that it's not just cross-dressing. It's 
far more to it. Do you remember the first time you saw drag? Uh, today, oh. in person. <laughs> it's a, really? Yeah, I've never been able to see it in person before, and it's oh, amazing. To, in London, there's so many good drag brunches, I drag know. shows. I I need to go and see all that kind of stuff, really. Definitely, there's loads in London. I've met a lot of drag queens out of um, the all of the clothes and everything without the makeup on, but I've never had an amazing conversation while we're getting our nails done one time, but I've never actually been to their show because of COVID happens and then... Yeah, that is true, to be fair. Mm. COVID did kind of destroy our community and our and the dra- drag scene a little mm. bit. It's recovering a bit now, but yeah. Mm. I'll go and help it on in London, I promise. I definitely, promise. no, definitely. There's some really amazing drag in London and obviously in Birmingham, we've got one of the best drag scenes in the country, but I think anybody would say that about their... Um, where they are part of, wouldn't they? But yeah. I generally do think we've actually got some of the best drag here in Birmingham. Yeah, Very I, gritty drag. I was really, I think so. I mean, I can remember being a kid and watching like Lily Savage on too. Like, mm. that was just, so that's been, kind of always been part mm. of. I always wanted to blankety blank check with a pen, and I don't know why I was like seven. Like, I didn't know why but I wanted that. Did you not see, sorry to interject there? No, no, that's there. what I did I didn't see Lily Savage doing drag. It was a really weird thing. I think because Lily Savage was so funny. And so accepted by society, there's that slight bit of it not disconnect. Yeah, that yeah. that for me didn't look like drag because drag is quite political. It's quite outrageous, and Lily Savage didn't really get that yeah, reaction. I think I'm I'm very lucky in that my so my family is incredibly political. My, like my nan was mm. a union organizer and things like that. Yeah. We are a very political mm. family, so I do remember kind of having that what was considered that age-appropriate conversation at the time of like, okay, this is maybe why she does what she does, but probably not to the true form of drag, as you think mm. about it, kind of that kind of very political yeah. um, mm. performance. I do remember, so when I went to, so I went to university in Lancaster and Dixie was the drag queen who always ran one of the particular nights in the mm. nightclub that we went in. And it was just joy personified yeah. and it was she was incredible she was absolutely fantastic and I was probably 19 yeah and we would just go I think it was on a Thursday just purely for Dixie and to, to see what she was doing and the message that she was putting putting out and, and yeah. that for me was just inc- just to see her and as well because it wasn't like a show she would be kind of she would the DJ and she was also in the crowd as well mm-hmm. so it was very kind of up close and personal yeah. Drag for for want of a better better yeah. description, and she she was incredible. And I remember kind of thinking, this is the the best thing I've <laughs> I've ever seen. And yeah. and you know, kind of drag brunches and things are something that I sign up to as often as possible. Mm. And I think that's um, that's the fun of it. And I wasn't trying to say Lily Savage was no, a drag queen, no, because one hundred percent a drag queen. It just yeah. for me, it didn't dawn on me as being drag. I kind of saw the a stand-up comedian more than I did a yeah. drag artist, mm. and and I think it's more when you start seeing the more what's known as local drag, and mm. I don't like the term in one way because it devalidates that type of drag, but at the same time it is local drag, and I think people should be proud of being local drag. I know I'm proud of more being a local drag artist than a big mainstream one, but I think when you start seeing that more gritty drag and actually more community-focused drag, I think it's very different, and I think I love our drag in this country because we, our drag has become so political. So you'll never go to a drag show without any politics in it. 
Um, and it's normally hating on people like Boris Johnson, um, okay, Katie really Hopkins, etc. <laughs> it, it, it is hilarious because they will, the social times will definitely be critiqued. And mm. actually, everybody thinks that drag is just about watching somebody standing up lip sync. But there is a message quite often mm. to drag shows. And it is, um, and it is really... Pl- and just doing mm. drag is political and it's... Yeah nature because you're messing with gender norms and particularly in a country that's keeps on dropping down the mm-hmm. um, LGBT friendly list in Europe yeah. we're actually yeah. becoming quite a hostile country to a certain degree so actually it's political in its own right yeah they always say don't they you look at history you look at the arts because that shows you what was truly going yeah. on like the politi- yeah. politics of the country definitely what the people were thinking rather than what the politicians were saying 100% that yeah Oh, we have to go, Elise. I can't, I, have... I can't believe I haven't been. It's just one of those things that's always been on my list, and now I'm like, well, I've met a drag queen now. We'll, have to, to, we'll have to maybe do a drag garden night, and <gasps> we'll have to do yes, like maybe yes. a drag show at maybe there's, in commentary. There's I know, going on. I know <laughs> some dra- commentary drag queens quite well, so actually maybe we could do something. Yeah, definitely. I'll travel down on the train, no problem. Yeah. I won't mind yeah. about the travel. <laughs> <seats. laughs> yes, that doesn't make it the podcast, but immediately. Yes. <laughs> 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 that is some stuff. Uh, yeah, I can't. I'm re- I genuinely can't believe that you've never seen live dragons. Never seen it. Yeah. Oh, I definitely think that now you should yeah. wait until we can go and see Philly, and then yeah. that can be your first. That would be really cool, trip. actually. Yeah. I. Yes and no, no, because I, my drag is not really the standard drag that you would see, because I'll stand up and I will do a bit of a talk and then read a poem, then do a bit of a talk and then read a poem. And I'm not devalidating, I love my drag and I think it's really important, but I think go and see a local drag show in London, mm. and actually, because then you'll start to get to know the diversity that there is within drag. Okay. Um, I think, yeah, that. People do anything in drag. There's, as I said, all different type of drag artists. And I think just see as much drag as you can because there's mm. just so much diversity in it. See drag queens. Um, anybody out there who books shows, book drag queens because they need the booking, definitely. Um, and queens and kings of colour definitely also need more support. All of these intersectional issues that are going on. And it happens within the LGBTQ plus community. But... Yeah, see as much shock as you can. It's so diverse, so many different types. Okay, I promise. So, Cross my heart. Brilliant. <laughs> Hold you to that, definitely. Okay. Yeah. I'll, you have to come to London, and then by then I'll be like, so we should go here, 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 here. <laughs> we'll come back in like six months and we'll just review all the yeah. shows. If you want to talk about anything else on the podcast, we'll just review all the shows. That'd be really fun. We'll do that. That'll be the six month review. <laughs> I personally think that this has been an excellent conversation. Yeah. I think it's been great. And I think leaving on that glorious high note is a yeah. really good place to end. This is always the point in the show that we say, do you have social media handles that you want to put out there for people to go and follow you? Do you have any projects that you want to make people aware of? Any research you want them of yours to go and read? So this is your chance to plug everything that is that is Philly and <laughs> Phil. And so... I'd just say, with my drag, follow my Instagram, because everything goes up on that. And that's philly underscore mi underscore up. So p-h-i-l-l-i underscore u... No, mi underscore up. So philly me up. Um, and that's on Instagram. 
Um, and everything goes up there. We're going to be doing some exciting touring in the country with a little bit about drag, LGBT intervention stuff in drag. So a lot of talks on that. So follow that and you'll see all the updates. Brilliant. Fabulous. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, Brilliant, thank you. Thank you very much. That <laughs> brings us to the end of another episode. Um, and hopefully we'll see you all again soon. Yeah. Thanks, thank everyone. you. Thank you so thank much. You.